Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven, while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. My name's Kevin Graham and welcome to your award-winning Axon Bulletin. The bulletin that Disney use a yellow toothbrush. The Dream Team have returned. The, 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 the most potent strike force since Peyton and Wigan and Biggins. Wiggins, where did I get that? <laughs> the most potent strike force since Peyton and Biggins has returned after 
Brian wanted a transfer to the Thursday team and was kicked back very, very quickly. <laughs> uh, Brian, how are you getting on? I'm great, mate. I'm doing well. Yeah. I thought you were going to do a, a, a Three Amigos gag. We're doing a, as we saying, that means I'm Martin Short, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> there's also many comments telling me about James Forrest's older brother. So uh, I think I can run faster than him these days, but that's neither here nor there. But I know, great, glad to be back, back with the, the midweek maestros. I know, I know. Colin, uh, I'll ask Brian first. Brian, what colour is your toothbrush? It's green, actually. Green. Is that green? You've got a green toothbrush. Colin, how are you? I'm not too bad. Um, I, if they don't know what this is, we're talking about here with the, the toothbrush, you're giving away too many hints for what's coming up later on in the show, Kevin. Well, we'll just, we'll just leave them hanging about the toothbrush joke. <laughs> what colour is your toothbrush? We may as well get that out in the open right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a blue toothbrush, sad to say. Uh, I have a Man City pale blue, uh, like, oral B, uh, like... I've got one of the electric ones as well, an electric one, eh? Because you need to take care of your teeth. And there we go, that's a public health announcement <laughs> done right away, and we're, only, and we're only a couple of minutes in. Right, the topics for today, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to have a look at the European tie. We're going to have a wee look back at Aberdeen and Rafe Rovers, eh, just mainly because I think it actually raised a few questions eh, about the squad and stuff like that. We'll take your questions, so if you get your questions in, we'll, we'll, we'll try to answer as many as possible. Eh, we're also going to talk about Ange, we're going to talk about Matt O'Reilly, we're going to talk about Caraboco Dembele. Uh, we're also talk, going to talk about allocations in the Not the Ten O'Clock News section. But first, before we go any further, all nearly 300 of you that are watching, please hit the like button. Please hit the like button now before you put in any comments and ask any questions. Just please hit the like button and also, also subscribe. Right, we may as well start with the Not the Ten O'Clock News section. And the first thing that I've wrote down here is Ticket allocations. Now, yesterday, Stuart Robinson, is it Robinson or Robertson? I'm not 100% sure. The CEO, the CEO of, the, of the most weirdest football club in world football came out and says there's going to be Celtic fans lit into Ibrox. Um, it looks like it's going to be the 800 tickets again. And basically, Brian, me and Colin had a week talk about this last, last week. I'm of the opinion it's all or nothing. And we should tell them to ram the 800 tickets up alongside where they've had their liquidation. <laughs> I would never be found. Um, it's, it's interesting. So, actually, I listened to you last week, and I think he's made a good point about the differences. Because probably before the game, we would have said it's better than both sets of fans. But the atmosphere against uh, Rangers was electric, it was incredible. Um, and it, but I go Colin's point about how it was nice to rub their faces in it as well. And actually, I think going to Ibrooks with 800 fans and 900 fans and scouting like that again and partying in front of them again would be, would be quite nice. So, yeah, I, either way, I would probably be fine, to be honest. I, I think it looks like they're trying to prevail, but I feel like you either have the, the several thousand fans, away fans in again, or you don't have any. This 800, 900 stuff, I, that, I think's rotten. I think they should either have everybody in the way they used to have, or not have anybody. Um, so I can see arguments for and against for both to be in. I don't have a hugely strong opinion either way, but I would probably think you know, I'm, I get your feeling to say instinctively you want to see a ram it and, and tell them that you stick their tickets, but 
Um, again, I kind of think either have no fans at all in or have the, the 3,000 or whatever it was we used to get. The Seven and a half. Sorry? Seven and a half thousand it was. Seven and a half, sorry. Um, and I just feel like, you know, it's a token gesture at the 900. Uh, Colin, for me, this is just a snide and petty football club being snide and petty uh, with their announcement. And they're actually trying to drag Celtic into the announcement as well, as if we have actually done something wrong. As we says last week, uh, they, they cut our allocation. They cut our allocation because they couldn't handle us partying in the Brimland. And for me, I just want Celtic to tell them, no, we didn't want your, we didn't want your 800 tickets. No, and I, I totally understand what you're saying. And the one person we can blame for this is blooming Mikael Lustig. If it wasn't him partying in front of them and lifting the top up, then maybe they wouldn't be so scorn-faced. But then you wouldn't have the 5-1 victory, would you? So, look, the, the whole thing, the, the people I really feel sorry for in this is the die-hard fans that go week in, week out and want to go to these games because you'll find that whether we get 800, 8,000 or even 80 tickets for the game, there'll still be a demand for people that want to go. And it's easy enough for us to say, well, we don't want them in our ground and they don't want us in in, uh, their ground. But there's still fans that want to go to that. There's fans that live to go to these games. Do you know what I mean? Like, even at 8,000, I was kind of guaranteed a ticket to get a ticket for that game and I had a great record going to Ibrox I hadn't seen Celtic get beat at Ibrox yet and then I was fortunate enough through a, a connection to get a ticket um, for when it cut down to 800 and I've got a friend that goes week in week out his record is, must be one of the top up there and he didn't get a ticket and I gave him the ticket for that game because I thought that's the only kind of fair way he would do the exact same thing for me if it was the other way about and he says it was a, a, a great atmosphere, but it's not the same. But there is fans that live to go to a game on a Saturday and a Sunday, and having no fans there, it takes it away from them. It absolutely takes it away from them. And it takes it away from the sort of atmosphere of the derby. And I get it, you don't want this sort of sectarian bile that everybody talks about. But <laughs> if it was me, I, I agree with both of you. It's either all or nothing. The ones that are missing out here are the innocent parties, which are the, the fans that are, are spending their, their hard-earned money week in, week out, and for no reason of their own, they're being told, you can't go. There is a reason, Colin, that they're actually getting told, because one fan base is actually says they do not want Celtic fans in their stadium. And that is the truth of the matter, and it's no, it's, it doesn't matter how, how the press or Rangers try to dress it up. That is the bottom line. The Rangers fans stamped their feet, chucked a rattle at the pram, chucked, chucked their lamb bag in the air and says, we do not want Celtic fans in our stadium because we can't handle it. And that, that really needs to get sorted. And that, as I said last week, I think Sky will come in and sort it. I think Sky will come in and sort it. What they've actually done, what Rangers have actually done is made a mockery of what they claim is the great, greatest derby in the world. And it's Rangers that's made an absolute mockery of this occasion. Ian McMullen, uh, full allocation or they can get lost. This is a problem of their making to appease their fan base. Uh, Kookaburra comes in, all or none for me. And Joe Porter, biggest derby in the world should have both sets of fans. It's childish and ridiculous. I don't think anybody's going to get going, going to get uh, like nobody's going to disagree with that. It's childish and ridiculous. And it's about time that the press in this country actually called it out of what exactly what it is and what club is actually pushing this. Uh, right, 
that's we have my wee rant, and we're only eight minutes, 20, 20 seconds in. But Colin, yes, I get what yeah, you, uh, uh, Colin, mm-hmm. I, I, I get what you're saying as well. That, that there's like there's there is guys there I know that go to actually every single game, and I feel sorry for them. Uh, that I mean, is it enjoyable going at the eight hundred in that corner? I do not know, but the clubs, one club, really needs to sort it out. Mm. Now. Let's get on to better stuff. Let's get on to better stuff. I'm actually fed up talking about them. <laughs> uh, Karyo- Karyoko- karaoke Dem- Dembele. I was Karamoko. Karamoko Dembele returned for the B team uh, at the weekend against Vela Leaven. Uh, Colin, this is a good sign for Celtic, ain't it? Absolutely. Um, the, the next thing we need to do is sort out his contract situation. His contract is up in the summer, so... Um, him now getting some game time with the B team, another fantastic victory. In fact, it has to be said, Sunday was a great day to be a Celtic fan because it wasn't just a victory for the first team, it wasn't just a victory for the B team, it was also a victory in the Scottish Cup for the women's team against Rangers. Three out of three, what a day to be a Celtic fan. Um, so massive congratulations to the women's team and the B team at the weekend. As you say, coming back into contention now, We've saw a lot of fans over the last couple of weeks say that we're starting to see the decline of James Forrest over the last couple of weeks. Um, Whether it be that he's just not hitting the form, he's not playing on the right-hand side of the park, he's not sort of... He's not up to speed. What you need is for players that are beyond him to push him and to get him back up to that level. And if young Karamoko is coming back through, we know he was wanting to be given the chance at the start of the season by Ange. He played them in the pre-season friendlies. There's been a lot of hype over him. It's about time that we start seeing what he can actually do for the first team. And by all accounts, he came through that 90 minutes against Vale, leaving unscathed. So great to see him back. Hopefully we'll tie him down on another couple of years on a contract. And Because otherwise, I can just see him going down the Islam Farouz route. I, I don't see him actually getting a move to a bigger team that they'll get game time at, not without any sort of first-team experience behind them. So I think if his agent and his team are smart enough, they'll tie him down for another couple of years. He's still 18. Let's see what we can get out of him over the next couple of years. I think um, I understand where Colin's coming from there, Brian, with the Islam Farouz, but Dembele just seems to have been unlucky with injuries over the last, especially at the start of the season. It was a horrific challenge in that pre-season game against Bristol City, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, actually, because it looked like he could have done, done a shift for Celtic in the first team. I mean, Colin mentioned James Forrest. There's also Mikey Johnson there as well as the wide forward options. There seems to be, the prevailing narrative seems to be that there's a lack of depth in that area. And Dembele could actually make a claim for now at the end of the season to become to become a valuable squad member, couldn't it? Possibly. I've got to be honest, I've, I've never heard the hype about Dembele. I've never seen enough to sort of be super excited. And I'm no, I'm no being down in the boy, but... I, for to sit just down and think, oh, if Dembele comes back, that's the real value. I, I genuinely don't know. I, I've never seen him do enough to make me think, oh, he's definitely add to this team. Um, and, you know, as much as you're right about Forrest, I think he is probably on the decline. I think just he just looks a wee bit off the pace. And I don't know if that's maybe a kind of injury disrupted season or whatever, or, or maybe just, you know, maybe struggling a wee bit with some of Angie's tactics, especially if his fitness is declining. I don't know, but I can't say that 
Dembele coming back is which space we put it. If, if I had the option of having Forrest or Dembele in the bench, I'd still have Forrest, is what I'm saying. I don't think Dembele comes back in right away. I've not seen enough of him to really decide. I might be totally wrong. I know usually highly rated, but there's nothing I've seen from him so far that makes me think he's going to take the, the lead by storm. Um, I'm still really concerned about his physicality as well. Um, so, not to put a downer on it, but I just have not seen enough of him to really be that excited, if I'm honest. The, 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 on you go, Colin, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I think it's kind of... I wouldn't want to write the guy off at the minute because I don't think he's had the chance to play under this sort of system that Ange's in, implemented. What we've seen of Dembele so far is the sort of limited game time that he got under Neil Lennon last year and under John Kennedy. Um, I think in the, the wide areas at the minute is where we're severely lacking. So having that other option, I know you're saying would you rather have Dembele or Forrest on that, but I mean, we saw what young Ben Doak was able to do and everyone's excited about what he can do coming forward. There's always I that would, sort of... I would suggest that Ben Doak has shown more so far than Dembele as well. Has Ben Doak scored? If Dembele scored two, a year ago. Dembele scored last season against Hibs. Aye, he won. So like what I've, what I've seen of Ben Doak, I would push them forward because there's always the, the actual thing about Dembele's and I say I'm not writing them off but the fact that we don't know what he can do in Angie's team we don't know how well he's going to hand up that's why I'm not <coughs> because I think well, we don't know what he can do whereas a boy like Doak who seems to be training with the first team he's been on the bench a few times he made appearances that's more tangible for me so I know in a, a Celtic jersey Dembele's probably done more but under Angie's not done anything but then that, you can't you can't really say that about Dembele, but when he's not had the chance under Ange, he was looking to be given the chance in pre-season, and if it wasn't for that horrible tackle, I'm convinced he would still be in around the squad. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I mean, that's the first, maybe he's in it. Just because we think he might have been in the squad doesn't mean he would have been. That's why I'm saying I'm only based on the fact we've not seen any of them this season other than pre-season. So I've no reason to feel excited about him coming out of the squad because there's nothing to see he's going to, is my point. Doesn't mean he won't or he's not going to be a good player. 
there's just no, there's no tan, nothing tangible to say. I think he's going to do well on this team. Sean Curran uh, says, afternoon all, well done to the B team, Karamoko looking good. But it has split opinions in the comments, Karamoko. Uh, Brown Warrior comes in 100% hype. Uh, Danielle F, not the biggest fan of Dembele. Did he not have the option to go out on loan last season and knocked it back? Don't think he has the attitude and and wants. Would rather see young Doc. Uh, and Kookaburra again comes back in the wide position is where there's the biggest drop-off between starters and backups. I want to see Dembele and Doak and, and what they can do. This is where I'm kind of coming from with Dembele, lads. I, I'm kind of coming from the point as we have options up front who kind of had the opportunity that haven't actually produced it. And there seems to be a massive drop-off with the front three that are in form, especially the two wider guys that are in form, compared to bringing in Johnson and Forrest that other weekend. And we've had a couple of other options there as well. We've had Maeda out wide as well, and it hasn't really quite worked. We had Kyogo out wide earlier in the season. It hasn't really upped. didn't really work. So what I'm actually seeing there, I'm seeing a wee opportunity for guys that can maybe come in and make them the backup to to this to the the our first choice free, and that's where I'm seeing. Uh, I, 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 maybe I'm moving from Dembele because there has been players that have had a number of chances and they haven't really contributed anything to an Ange Postecoglou Celtic so far. So mm. I'm I'm looking at guys. I'm looking at also looking at Johnny Kenny as well. Uh, because I've still got my doubts on Maeda and also uh, Jakovakis, just because there's some there's still questions there to be answered for them. So I reckon there's an opportunity for guys like Doak, uh, Kenny and Dembele uh, to, to come in and actually play a part, because basically there has been players that have had opportunities and not done anything with them so far. And they've had a number of opportunities as well and not done anything with them. And what with that, Owen Moffat comes into this category as well. Owen Moffat could maybe even push to be an option from the bench. Well, what we've actually seen, Colin, is Ange is not afraid to chuck guys in. No. Uh, Doak was the perfect example against uh, St. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I'm saying. I, I, I do think that you would have seen Dembele getting game time if he was available to do it this year. I don't think it's come down... I mean, I saw Daniel come in earlier on talking about the, the opportunity for him to go out on loan. But at that point, he's 17 years old and I believe the option for him was to go to League 2 to play for Queen's Park. And at that, it's, it's a big move. It's like... <sighs> I get it's, it's kind of handy. We've seen Luca Connell go there, but Luca Connell's Celtic career is probably over now. And that's because of his move to Queen's Park. It's not because that he's he's went elsewhere. It's because that's the, the sort of level that he's now been rated at. Karamoko Dembele obviously has a, a a very high opinion of himself, and you, you can see why he, he's been sort of fed that since he was a young kid. The amount of sort of boot deals that he got and endorsements, and he went and trained with Neymar and blah 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 blah. Right? It, he he would have expected to get game time last year on that Celtic team because that Celtic team was absolutely mince last year there was no excuse for him not to get game time otherwise other than something going on behind the scenes and what was in my opinion and I might be wrong for me I don't think that the the previous management team were happy enough to throw in young players last year they kept going back to the tried and trusted hoping that they would dig them out a hole the only player that seemed to get any sort of game time last year was Adam Montgomery 
and we see what the Aberdeen fans think about him now. Mm. I, I actually watched a bit of the Aberdeen game last night and it was a terrible game of football and Montgomery didn't really impress too much but it was very difficult to impress because it was a 90 minutes that I won't ever get back I, I think what I think we've still got I mean we've probably been into a conversation about the squad depth here and I, I'm, we have questions over Maida and Yakumakis just because they've just come into the team we, we do have questions over them. I'm getting, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I, and I can get ridiculed for this all I want. I'm getting serious Brat Pack vibes for both of them. There's there's a player there. There's a player in the middle of them, but I'm re- but the, uh, the, what we've seen from them so far has been quite frustrating, has been very, very stop-start. And there's reasons for that, and there's very, very genuine reasons why Yakamakis and Maeda's Celtic career so far have been stop-start. Uh, I think both of them can finish There's, but it goes back to have we maybe been spoiled as Celtic fans with the two strikers that we've had recently then Dembele and, and, and Eddie who could do everything who had everything and Ange Postacoglu looked for a different type of striker and, and my narrative my opinion of what's needed from a Celtic striker has to change Brian is it me it's got to change no I, th- I think Listen, if he's entitled to their opinion, I, I didn't think Nida was particularly great. Um, was it against Aberdeen, I think? I, yeah, I was on the post-match and I was talking about it. I didn't think he was particularly great, but I think he will be. I think with him, he's kind of come off his pre-season, essentially, isn't he? And there's a bit to come from. He's not really had a run as the main striker yet. Um, I think it's the, the odd game. So I think I think he'll go in. Obviously, Ange knows him really well. And you have to suggest if he was his top goal scorer on his last team, he's probably going to be all right for us. So I think he just needs a wee bit of time. Again, I think, so maybe me and you, Kev, are the opposite end of the scale. Maybe I'm a bit too forgiving at times because I, I, I quite like Jay Marcus. I think there's a, a, a player there. I think, I don't think he's going to score a barrel load, but I think he contributes to the team in a way that I think Ange likes. I th- um, actually, you know, it's hard to see if I've been super impressed by him, but I, I just he's got a quality I like. He adds that a bit different. So I actually think, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good. I think, yeah, maybe Kyogo set the standard really, really high. But if you consider that Ayeti was the, the backup, I would have Maeda and Big Ed Yakimakis before I would have Ayeti anywhere near the team again. So I think just giving a bit of time, and I know we're going to go into team selection later, but I also think it depends how the team lines up. I think if you've got a Matt O'Reilly in the team, Maeda will benefit more. I think, you know, with through balls, I think he's got a better eye for a pass from it to run on to. Um, whereas Maeda, I think, actually, uh, sorry, uh, Yakimakis probably benefits more for like Rogic, who he can hold the ball up for and he can drift by him. So I think it depends, but I, I'm a bit more positive about the two of them, I think. Um, but I totally understand your concerns. I, I'm positive about the both of them as well, Colin, but it's just what I've seen from a Celtic, Celtic forwards uh, before Posta Coglu came was something completely different and, and I see these guys coming in and we're going to talk about Ange Posta Coglu's interviewing with Stan Sports as well and, and he was quite clear he signs players because they fit into his system and what I, and, and I, maybe I'm just I, maybe I have been a wee bit over over the top on them but I just find some, some of the things that they do frustrating I do find some of the things that they do absolutely frustrating and that's, that is me that is me down down to a tee. I, I get what Brian Brian's taking in that as well. 
Brian saying in that as well. But there's sometimes when I mean you look at uh, Yakamakis's both 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 their goals on Sunday against Rafe Rovers, Maeda and Yakamakis, both tappens, both both goals that where both types of goals that Ange Postacoglu wants his strikers to score. <coughs> Absolutely. I, I think I, think, I, I don't want to criticise you too much, Kev, but I do think you're being a bit harsh on the two of them. Nah, I, I think, nah. I think, I think Maeda, when you look at it, he's got three goals in six games so far, which is a cracking return, considering he's literally the first time he's stepped foot out of his country to play in a different league. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's coming over here, he's still trying to settle into the game. He's got, he's, he's came over here with this height because... Everybody was was looking at his sort of clips online. They were saying, "Do you know what? If we get a player like this, and he can play alongside Kyogo, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do that, and he, he scored the most amount of goals in the J League next season." And look, there's a reason why he's on loan for the first period is because this is his first time outside of Japan at 24 to come over and play in a different league. He's going to need the time to settle in. He he does have the the pace which we've seen. He's just not settled as quick as what someone like Kyogo did and you take a look at Hatati and how quick he has settled in as well and Idiguchi's not really had the chance but I mean uh, for me it's just a case of he needs a bit more time and uh, I think you'll see the best of him once he's had that chance he, he kind of went there he had to go back to play for his international team where it was like He'd only just literally put his bags in the front door and then he had to leave again. He didn't really get that chance and he's been thrown in at the deep end. Uh, I know some of the commenters are coming in saying that he had a bit of a spell at Maritimo, but again, that was like, he was still very young there. This is the first time he knows. He went there on loan. He knows there's an option for him to move to Scotland. He knows who he's coming to. It's not as if it's just kind of getting out there and getting game time. This is the next step in his career. And... I do think that his goals, yeah, they've been sort of scarfs, but at least he's scoring. At least he's getting that sort of momentum about him. And the next one could be an absolute peach. It could be a Hatati screamer. We we don't know. I think there's a bit of that. And Jackamakis, I understand people's frustrations about him, but I think he offers so much to this team that doesn't just put him down that you've got to rate him on the amount of goals that he scores for Celtic. I think he will be the one who will get himself into the position for the likes of tap-ins that he had on um, Sunday. And I think he actually took that very well because it's, it's actually a bit more difficult than the way it looks at first. Um, and he, he has that physical presence that can put himself about. We saw it in the game against Rangers. We saw it in the game against Hearts. He can create a lot of space for the other players to get in behind him. And I think that suits the likes of Abada and Jota who can play off him and anybody else that's sort of in that space. You look at um, the Hitati second goal against Rangers, the amount of space that Giacomacus actually creates for him because the two Rangers defenders are both watching to see where he is because he's been the one that's got in front of them just in the lead up to it. And what happens is that leaves that kind of gap between the Rangers defence and the Rangers midfield. And in there is where you'll see O'Reilly, Hatati, Rogic. They'll pick the ball up in there. And now that we've got competent players that can score from the edge of the box, I, I think you'll see quite a few goals in that sort of scenario between now and the end of the season. I, I, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that 
the the point I'm maybe trying to make badly, Brian, is this: that my the, my metric of measuring Celtic strikers since Brendan Rodgers, Brendan Rodgers, Clark's on at twenty six minutes. Uh, but my my, my my metric on measuring strikers at Celtic was based on Eddie and Dembele. That that's that's what's been in my head, and now I see I see guys coming in. And Ange Postacoglu's metric for measuring strikers is completely different from Brendan Rodgers. And that has maybe taken me some time to get used to uh, the type. I mean, I mentioned Bratpak earlier, and Bratpak could finish. These two guys can finish. Maeda and Giacomacus can finish. <laughs> their YouTube reels and their history proves they can actually finish. But Bratpak was a completely different striker from uh, Eddie and Dembele. For me, I think Ange Postacoglu looks at goals and how they can press. I think that's a metric that he looks in his strikers. And it's just taken me a wee while to get used to it. Oh, it's a different type of... It's a different way of playing, you know. I think it's a... I, I think you're, I can understand what you're saying about the, the frustration sometimes with them, and I think that's entirely appropriate. It's it's like... I think it's like a badder, in a way. I think people get frustrated with a badder because he's not really like... The typical winger, he doesn't really trouble by anybody. That's not really his game. But what he does do is make really good runs and score a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. So if you measure him on like a typical Celtic winger, he's just he's no. And I think that's why some people have got a kind of skewed opinion on him. But actually, if you look at how he fits in the Angie system, he's perfect. Um, whereas you look at Jota, who is more of a traditional winger, but again, he fits in a slightly different. He offers you something different than what a badder does. But still fits the system, and I think Yakimakis and Kyogo are, are similar in that way, in that they both fit the system but in different ways. So that's quite a lot to digest and, and sort of judge on. So I think you're, you're right. It's like the Greg Taylor, the Greg Taylor argument. It sort of depends on how you see it. Like I, for me, I, I, I like Greg Taylor. I've always said that. Um, I think there's a better option available somewhere, but I do like him. But he fits really with the Angie system. Because he's not really playing like a traditional fullback, he's coming in. He's maybe more passing and crossing, and it benefits him. So, depending on how you're, you're judging players, you could both like all three of us. Their opinions are right on Jack Marcus Maeda. It just depends on how you, you judge them. So, you're not wrong to see it that way. I just think it's it's and it must be like how hard it, how hard it must be for a player to adapt to Angie's system when. You're looking at the fans and, and only quite sure how it's working. So um I, I don't think you're wrong, Kev, to be honest. I think every opinion is valid, but um I mean mean calling a ganging up this time because we No, no, that, that's the problem. I like that. I, I like I like this ganging up on me because I, I, I like I like to I like to be challenged with my sometimes warped view. Or, 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 I was gonna say I didn't want the podcast to go in the wrong direction. I didn't want that. See, the thing is, Kev, see when you look at it, right, how many times have we came up against a big, dirty striker that we've hated playing against? I mean, you, you think about the amount of times that some of the, the centre-halves that we've had have been bullied by guys like Lyndon Dykes or even in Europe. What was the big boy that played for Fenwich Varos that, or a Cluj that kept going down after oh, every right, two seconds? Oh, right, right, I've got... But that kind of big, and I, I'll, I'll not swear, but you know the kind of striker I'm talking about, right? Giacomacchus can be that for us see that performance at Fur Park he had Bevis Mugabe in strings for the first 45 minutes to the point of I was speaking to one of the contributors to the, the state of Scottish football who's a, a Motherwell fan and she was saying I, I hate him, I hate how he plays 
And that's what you want. You want the other team to hate the striker you've got because he's getting in there, he's causing trouble um, and he's disrupting the way that they want to play. And I think that Jack and Marcus does that so well. I think there'll, there'll be a time where he'll add to that and you'll start to see it'll be very similar to the way that Lyndon Dykes came into the Scotland squad at first. He was up there, he was kind of causing a lot of trouble and you'd see guys like John McGinn picking up the goals. And then, eventually, he becomes the talisman that can stick the ball in the back of the net. I think over time you'll start seeing that and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jack and Marcus gets at least 10 goals between now and the end of the season. Well, I want, I mean, somebody, I'll just wait till I find this, this comment because this comment came in. Fuji's toner. Yakamakis and Maeda will score 10 plus each in the run into the end of the season. And I'll sit here and go, if they manage to score 10 plus goals for now at the end of the season, they've done their job, Brian. They've done exactly what they've been brought to Celtic to do. Absolutely. It's, um, and look, it's a good problem to have in it, where you're, you've got your three strikers and who's the best and what we're going to do. Um, and I think we'll, Jack Marcus get four, isn't he, five goals? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And mm-hmm. Ada's already, so... It's a, it's, it's a good bet being decent odds for 10 plus I think I think that's a, a dead set um, yeah it's, it's look it's, a, it's an exciting discussion to have at the start of the season we were saying we've niched such strikers or the only striker we've got is a Yeti and so looking forward we've come in short, so, such a short space of time already and look we talk about bold predictions going wrong you're, you'll be delighted to get proved wrong I said at the start of the season I didn't think we'd win the league because there's too much to do so I'll be absolutely over the moon if I'm wrong with that so it's a uh, it's fine to get things wrong. It's not it's, it's all that I play well. It doesn't matter if he's right or wrong. Brian, my motto is I would rather be happy than right. And I'll, I'm, I'm always going to continue. I'm always going to continue that I would rather be happy. I, I say that when I put my coupon on it a weekend and it still doesn't cheer me up. Look, that's why you didn't see any poor bookies calling. That's yeah, exactly. it. And, and, and gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly, please. That's, that was what I was exactly about, <laughs> about to say. Hit the top 72, fantastic Henrik Larson uh, avatar. There's somebody wrote a book about Henrik Larson. I didn't get who, though. At some point, look a bit about Henrik Larson. Too judgmental, Kev. <laughs> yes, I, I am probably being, but unfortunately, I host a podcast which is about opinions. So sometimes I've got to be judgmental. <laughs> Monty. Yakamakis is something different, and let's not forget the most important thing, the service to him. That that is true as well. And I think one thing we can actually say about all our strikers is they like to miss a sitter. If all mm-hmm. three of them, including Furahashi in that, they all like to miss a sitter, and maybe this is where I'm getting a bit... 
like, you go back to the, the first couple of games of the season. Kyogo got the hat trick against was it Dundee the first game? Dundee, and I could have had about seven or eight that day. He missed like open goals and stuff like that, but we don't really look back on it because he got the hat trick. So he got the hat trick. I know, I know. As the goals come, I'm sure the the sort of pressure will sort of be released on him. Fancy Dub LU, uh, patient with my either being Japanese football viewer, he was electric last season, and that's one another thing that I've got to consider when making judgment on all the Japanese players. Is they've basically already played a season, mm-hmm. so there is going to be fatigue there, and uh, and also you've got the travel. My either just came back, came into the Rangers game, stuff like that. He's been shuffled. Sh- shifted out wide, but as Colin says, he has got a decent goal-scoring record uh, already. Brian, this is something that you mentioned, Gary Melrose, Yakamakis Maeda. What a fantastic problem to have. It is a fantastic problem to have, and it's one that we didn't have earlier on in the season. And the fact that we're having this discussion is great for Celtic, great for Celtic Football Club. But <coughs> Brown Warrior... Uh, Yakamakis makes the right right runs in the channels and hits the front post. We have been missing that and and I lead the line nine. Dembele was to, was the last to do that. Do you see a bit of Colin? Do you see a bit of Dembele and Yakamakis? Uh, to, two totally different players, to be perfectly honest. I think what Yakamakis lacks that Dembele had is the pace. I saw a couple of times that the, the ball was tried to be played in behind him to chase on to at the weekend and that's not the kind of player he is he, he's probably got the bust of pace over two or three yards to get in front of the defender at the front post but he's not someone who's going to actually get in behind in the way that Kyogo or Mieda would do um, he's got that sort of physicality about him he's not got the the finishing so far that we've seen from Dembele especially right from the start but give it, give it time um, it'll be interesting to see where he fits into the squad it, 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 it will see where he fits into the squad. Jip Fast comes in. Kev, uh, Eddie cost nine million, and the belly if we paid the right sort of fee instead of exploiting the loophole <laughs> would have been a five million minimum. Brian, am I just am I, am I just comparing two different type of players? That the fact is Eddie and De- and, and uh, Ed, Eddie and Dembele had, had came from a higher standard of football were better players to start off with. Am I just Chalk and cheese measure. Uh, I think it's totally different. I mean, I think the price tag on players is not necessarily reflective. Especially look at Yeti, Barkas. You know, if you look at about five million gets you compared to about the Matt O'Reilly's or Hitatis, Miedas of the world or Kilgos of the world are getting you for for a lot lower. So, I think it can be a false equivalency to use price tags. But I get the guy's point. But I think it's just different players. And look, we don't know. If, you know, Kyogo's been excellent so far. Would he have fitted well into Brendan Rodgers' team? No. Barely fit into Angie's team? We don't know. No. no, I mean, it doesn't... I think I think the key takeaway is being good enough isn't enough for Angie's team. It has to be very specific players. I think he mentioned that in that, that Stan Sports interview I think we're going to talk about, but I think he mentioned the fact that there's a million different players that are good players, but it's a very specific type of player he needs. So, you know, com- I think comparing anyone out with the players that they played in the system is a false equivalency because you really don't know how they would perform, no matter how good they were under a different manager. But as I mean, I- I'm going to ask Colin, do you think uh, Dembele or Eddie would fit in an Ange Postacoglu Celtic? My answer, is, he- my answer is no. I think Dembele would. I think Edward doesn't have the... <sighs> 
I'm trying to think of the right word here. He doesn't have the nuance to play down a 90 minutes under an Ange team. See if you've got a, a team that's going on the break and they're, they're playing really well. Edward's a great player to have because he'll put he'll put himself in the right positions as he saw numerous times at Celtic Park where he, he scored getting in front of the man, beating him at the front post. But he's also someone who likes to drop deep and play in that sort of hole where he can create the play and link it up together. And I don't think that's the sort of system we see from, from Ange Postacoglu. That's what your attacking midfielders are for. That's not what a, a number nine is there for. Whereas Eddie was that sort of number nine stick there, give the ball to me, I'll put the ball in the back of the net um, sort of striker. And probably Edward was a, the sort of, sort of more overall player, but Dembele was your number nine. And I think there would be a space in a, an Ange Postacoglu team for someone like that who can find the back of the net and can sort of bully defenders about. And he had a bit of pace about him as well, to be perfectly honest, which something I don't think Edward had as much of. I, I, I probably agree with you there now. You've made that perfect case for Dembele playing in, in an Ange Postacoglu Celtic. I'm now sitting here thinking about Musa Dembele <laughs> playing in an Ange Postacoglu. Him and Kyogo up front. Him and Kyogo up front. Oh, no. I, I'll, I've said that I reckon Musa Dembele by the end of his career will have a Champions League winner's medal. And I still actually believe that. There's been a couple of wee uh, false moves for him so far, but I still believe that he has the ability to win a Champions League winner medal. Johnny Ryan, Joey Dawson is a, fu- is a striker for the future. I hope Joey Dawson wins a Champions League winner medal wears. <laughs> I mean, that would be brilliant. Brown Warrior reminds us that Kyogo missed four there v Leverkusen as well. And that's one thing as Colin rightly pointed out, that Kyogo has missed chances as well, along with other strikers, but we've just we've just seen the utter genius of Kyogo over a longer period of time. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in two comments by Paddy Lavery here. Paul John London Dykes. <laughs> Paddy, you any time uh, London Dykes scores for Scotland, you see, you actually see our WhatsApp group. Uh, uh, Paul takes a whole credit for London Dykes being an absolutely uh, credit, being an absolutely good striker for Scotland, and also he did post something on his Twitter when somebody's done a Photoshop of him with long hair, which is utterly hilarious. Please check <laughs> it out. Uh, and Paddy Laverty comes in again with me and goes, "Kev, the plug, Graham." Uh, I the plug. I'm actually sitting on a box. Of, uh, actually, I'm actually sitting on a couple of boxes here, a poetry books, Paddy. So my wife's telling me I need to plug it at every single opportunity. Oh, Brian, uh, we get nothing else to discuss, mate. We've not got some games to talk about. Who's at it again? <laughs> <laughs> it's good, you you see, you don't want to appeal on money, you just don't want to appeal on books. I'm just sitting on a pile of books. That's what I'm sitting on. Right, let's talk about Ange Postacoglu and his interview with Stan Sports. Colin, Ange Postacoglu gets us, doesn't he? He gets us more than the Celtic board. He gets us more than some of our fans. He's an absolutely brilliant human being. Yeah, the first, even the first sort of minute and a half of that interview, when they go on and they start talking about the the whole idea of the um, the immigration side of things, to but how Ange's background and it suits the way that Celtic is and the foundations of what Celtic was formed for and the the work that everybody's sort of done that that is not the typical sort of interview that you'll get anywhere else. You'll not exactly sit down with somebody like Alistair Lament from uh, BBC Sports Sound and they'll, they'll start talking about the history of a football club and how it sort, it sort of ties in with his childhood and everything like else. They, they had a really good understanding and I think there's a really good friendship between the people that were 
carrying out the interview at Stan Sports and with Ange Postacoglu and what you get out of that and what I've seen from Ange when he does the sort of fan media conference as well is he sort of lets that guard down. He's got this sort of guard that he puts up in front of the Scottish press and he needs it because some of the questions he's been asked by the Scottish press are ridiculous. But it's almost as if he's just sitting talking to his pals and he's sitting sort of, you're, you're sitting out of the back, you've got a couple of beers and you're just sitting talking crack about football. And that's the way that that interview came across. And as you said, it is the way that he puts it is almost as if he knew he was the perfect fit for Celtic Football Club. It was just that Celtic Football Club had to find him to fill in that gap. And he, he doesn't care that he was maybe third, fourth, fifth choice, whatever it is. He just know, know, knew that when that opportunity came up, it wasn't one that he could turn down. And we are blessed to have someone like that who understands not just the the expectations of the fans on the pitch, but also the expectations of the fans off the pitch and what the club stands for. And it's very rare that you'll find there's a perfect match like that. Uh, as Brian, I remember thinking when he, when I read about the background of Poster Coglu, and I'm going, this guy seems like he's been born to manage Celtic because of his background. And I'm going, oh, you're just an old romantic fool, man. Just get get over that. It's like after the Eddie Howe thing and all of that, we, we did strike it lucky with Poster Coglu. But the more and more as time goes on and on, you do get that feeling that this this was meant to be. It doesn't matter how we managed to get there, how the board managed to appoint this guy. He was meant to manage Celtic at some point. Yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? Um, I think, Kev, I've, I've spoken about it with you numerous times and I, I've, I've written about it in the past as well, about the romanticism of Celtic. And I, and I genuinely think it is. like I think it's such a wonderful story of our club, just generally for inception to where we're at. There's a real beauty in the story of why we were formed and how you know the charitable aspects and, and our, our attitudes to you know a club brawl and, and things like that. And you look at Ange and he shares those attitudes, but it's not just the fact he shares them; it's the fact that he came to the club at such the right time. We were our lowest, really, we really well. Like the last season was a disaster. He had the Eddie Hood debacle. There was protests. There was arguing. Celtic fans were killing each other and. You know, Twitter was a cesspool. No, that it's not a cesspool now, but certainly it more was. so. Um, certainly more so than it was. And then Ange came, and if you look at our club over the years and the stories and the romanticism that we keep talking about, it's Hollywood stuff at times. And Ange came in, he came in for the darkness, and he's took the club and he's embraced it, and the fans have got it, and he's got it. It's just the exact right person, no the right manager, the exact right person to be a leader for our club at the exact right time. I've messaged uh, you guys after that interview I saw it and I said it's so makes me so proud to hear someone talking so passionately and positively about our club. No one tells us the success on the part about what our club is and what it means and why we love it and why we support it. And I just think it was it was exceptional and we've had my past that have claimed to be Celtic fans from birth and diehard Celtic fans and, and get it and they speak in catchphrases and, and this stuff but you know there's a real honesty. And Andrew's just saying he's been a Celtic fan his whole life. He's not he's not he's never mentioned anything like that. But what he said is he understands that his morals, his background, his the way he sees good human beings, the way he wants to live his life, is exactly in line with what a Celtic manager, what a Celtic fan, what Celtic represents is. 
And it's just amazing the fact that the, the football's so good and we're signing these brilliant players and we're far ahead they may to be is almost a bonus. That speaks to the magnitude of the man. And I, I, I've been accused of being hyperbolic in the past and it's because I'm quite excitable at times, but I generally think he's he's going to go down in history as a, a manager that people just love. Regardless of what happens in the football field, I think he's going to be someone that people always look back and admire because he's a cut above. He really is a class act. He has got that, Colin. He has got that. I mean, even if this all goes pear-shaped, which we hope it, hope it doesn't go pear-shaped, we're always going to look fondly back on him because he is just a big, likeable guy. Absolutely. I think you see a lot of that with the the way a lot of Celtic fans look back on um, the, the, the period under Ronnie Dyler as well. He was a likeable character. He was maybe some people thought he was maybe out of his depth. Some people thought that the job came too early for him. Others loved the sort of football that he played and then but he was always one that he had that connection to the Celtic support. He saw how passionate he was to be the Celtic manager and Ange Postacoglu is very, very similar that he, he is showing how passionate he is to be the Celtic manager. He's he's won after every game and we me and Paul spoke about this last Friday and the amount of nonsense that's said about Celtic doing a sort of lap of honour after every game. It's not a lap of honour. They're not won anything yet. What they're doing is they're showing appreciation to the fan base that's turning out week in and week out after not being able to get to the games after the last sort of 12-18 months. And they're, they're saying that if it the, the performances on the park are, to, are down to some of the support that the Celtic fans brive because they're, they're driving the team on. They're, they're getting the ball in the back of the net and they're driving the players to be even better. Ange appreciates Celtic, Celtic appreciate Ange. At the end of the day, no matter how this ends up, whether it be that in a couple of years' time, another big club takes a punt on him, or he decides that it's time for him to move on, he'll always be the guy that resurrected what was that Celtic team and brought it back to be the way that it should be. He started this new chapter in Celtic's history. He definitely did, and want to want to know something that I noticed. There's quite a few comments coming in. I've seen this. I've seen this quite often, Brian and Colin. That people, the older generation, and I, and I hope they're older, and I hope they didn't mind me calling them the older generation who watch Axon, say they're getting uh, Jock Steen vibes from Ange Postecoglou. And again, in one of my many when I've let my guard down moments, I've started thinking about them in the same sort of aura as Martin O'Neill. I get a kind of Martin O'Neill aura from him where he's very personable, but as that, he's very personable, his, his man management skills is great, but as a person, he's a very, very decent person and players want to play for him, and I think that's been proved. And also, players when they cross him, as he's shouting at near beat on, on Sunday, actually proved, whereas I actually jumped out my seat when I was watching it when, when, we, when we heard that. And what I really loved about that, Brian, is near beat on, doesn't he turn around and have a look? <laughs> he just he just got he just, completely, <laughs> he, he just completely ignores the shout <laughs> as if they go up and look at him. Obviously, I've never played football, but apparently that's one of the worst things you could do is look over at the bench when you've been given a row because... Oh, you're uh, off. Uh, <laughs> you, you'd know what you want to him at half-time. Um, play bad. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Because he's, he can tell he's fearless. And he, that's what I mean. We all talk about him in glowing terms and rightly so, but... He's also got a real presence about him. You do not want to cross. And actually, I know we're going to come Yeah, I'm just going to time, but I think that's why we're going to see a much improved performance against Odo Glunt because he won't tolerate that performance twice. There's no way the players are going to get an easy time. And I think if he sees, you know, I, I, I God forbid we, we play that way again. I mean, we played bad, so I won 4 now, so it's all good, but... That he, he can tell he's not going to be a man that settles for second best, and I love it. <coughs> yeah, definitely. I'll go through the comments and we'll move on to the, the preview of the European game tomorrow night. Disco Land comes in and rightly says, Aye, he's only a defeat from Livingston for the sack on Axum. Any Celtic manager's only a defeat for Livingston <laughs> away yeah. from the sack. <laughs> Kev, I've seen this a couple of times. I think it's very easy to sort of generalise people's opinions. There's like 15 different contributors on here. Certain people at the start of the season weren't for him. I've been one that's had his back since the minute he got in the job. So it's so easy to generalise people to say everybody wanted him sacked. No, just if you're not paying attention, you're not paying attention, that's fine. But don't generalise everybody's opinion. I was the, I haven't been on any post matches against uh, after Livingston's game. So I know it was the way it wanted him sacked, <laughs> sacked after Livingston earlier on in the season. Uh, Paul Morphorus and the people's champion, quite right. Uh, Jason Lee, I want Ange to adopt me. I think there's thousands. I, th- I think there's thousands of folk want Ange Poster Coggle to, po- to adopt him. Uh, Laura Bradburn's one. She, she, Laura she, Bradburn is one, definitely. Uh, no, I don't think she'd want him to adopt him. No, the way that she's not. Oh, uh, I think we'll, I think we'll stop that conversation there, Colin. <laughs> uh, Gone yourself, he was relaxed because he knows his guys and they know Ange and his ways. The couple of interviews he's done with the Australian guys over the last couple of weeks has been absolutely brilliant. You can tell that he's relaxed and you can tell that they admire Ange Postacoglu and what he's actually doing for Australian football. Stuart Mur- Stevie Murdoch, I was calling him Stuart Murdoch, the singer for Bell and Sebastian there. Stevie <laughs> Murdoch comes in, give the board credit for Landon Ange. We've got to give the board credit for Landon, Landon Ange, but it was an interesting story. I'll just quickly say this story that Craig Bellamy done an interview uh, over the last week and he spoke about that Vincent Company wanted to take Ange Postacoglu to Anderlecht with him because of the work that Ange had done with the City Group with Yokohama. So because we have got because we have got links to the city group, it shows you that Ange was a name that was already well known within this the, the city group uh, scenario there. Eh? Now tomorrow night, Brian, are you up for the Europa Conference League? Can't wait. Um, I think that on that interview they also did an analysis of Bodo Glynn, and it's going to be a hard game. They play quite a similar way to Celtic. I know they're just coming off their pre-season now, but it's going to be a tough game and, and um, I'm really excited for it. I think, Kev, you and I have spoken about it. I think Europe should be our testing ground now. I think we, we have to aim to dominate teams the way we do in Scotland and Europe. Um, so I, I, I'm really excited to see how far we can go. Um, and people are sort of writing off, oh, it's only the Conference League. Anybody, there's any Celtic fan right now saying it's only the Conference League, Tell me you're not going to be there at the final. 
are watching it. So, you know, let's. I think it's time to get excited. I think we've earned that. And um, I can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be a really good game, actually. Um, they're a decent side. They are a decent side, Colin, and the, the Norwegian guy who was on the end of that interview at Stan, uh, Stan Sports basically says they'll play like Celtic, play under Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, yeah I, I took a look into them because I hadn't seen much of what they'd, they'd done this year. They'd obviously seen the, the sort of big result that they had over Roma earlier on in the season where they beat them 6-1, but there, there is a lot to be said about them. Their, their manager, uh, Neto, sorry, was it Jetto Nutson? It's one of those ones, there's a silent letter in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, He's he's currently linked with the Aberdeen job, which is is quite interesting. Um, he's one of the favourites that's apparently on the shortlist at Aberdeen. But he's, he's managed them 146 times, 81 wins. He's been the, the coach of the year in Norway for the last three seasons in a row, and they've won back-to-back titles. That tells you that's a team that's very well organised, very well disciplined, um, and knows how to get a job done. Um <laughs> Now, they finished second in their Europa Conference League group uh, behind Roma. Three wins, three draws, uh, and as I said, that 6-1 win over Roma. But what you have noticed over the last couple of weeks is, as you said there, Brian, they're in their pre-season at the moment, and they have had to do a bit of a squad reshuffle because a lot of their big players have attracted attention from Europe and have moved on. Top goalscorer Eric Bofi have moved to Krasnodar for £4 million. Uh, the talisman in midfield, Patrick Berg, who was linked with a move to Celtic at one point. I remember we were discussing him not too long ago, Kev. Um, he's moved to Lens for about £4 million. Also out the door went a couple of players at their, their defence who had played 35-40 times, making their ways to, to Germany. And they've brought in some players from um, their own league um, to replace them. And they've also brought in the, the striker Espajor from Herevin. Now, you're talking about a team who have, have looked at the, the nucleus of their squad and saw it disappear. And they're still in the pre-season thing. So this is probably the best time we get to play them. Is because they are still putting a squad together. They are still trying to get that fitness in their legs. We have played a number of games this season, but we are starting to click now. You're seeing the performances coming together, with the exception of probably that first half on Sunday, you are seeing a team that are looking to click, and I think this is a team that we're playing at the right time just now. They are a team that want to play like us. If you look at their, their stats from the Conference League, they, they do try to dominate the possession. I think their average is somewhere about 55%. They pass the ball about quite well, nearly 500 passes per game. Um, and they, they're not scared to have a go. They average five shots on target a match. So this is a team that do sound as if they play very similar to Celtic. And it is going to be not too much of a clash of styles. I think it will just be an exciting end-to-end game. And that's when we seem to be our best. You look at the first 45 minutes against Hibs when they came out and had a, a, a go at us. That is when we had probably our best 45 minutes this season. And if we can do that in front of hopefully what will be a very big crowd at Celtic Park on Thursday night, then I, I'd like to think that we can go over to, to Norway knowing that we've got a couple of goals in the bank behind us. Martin Bickett comes in, Brian, and he says, caution required that this is a team. Now, this is sort of flipped. We've struggled against Scandinavian teams over the last couple of years in the Champions League qualifiers and stuff like that, but we're usually the team in pre-season. But I'm still looking at this as a standard of opposition that we need to overcome on a regular basis if we want to meet our European ambitions, Brian. So this is this for me, this is why it's a really, really interesting tie. 
absolutely. And I think the the, the, the good thing about Ange and the way he sets out the team is it does, it almost doesn't matter who we're playing. It wants us to play the set way and it. Um, and I think in the past we've been we've been too cautious and showing teams in Europe too much respect because we've been burned in the past. So I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll play them with a really good attitude. Um, but you're right. I, I, I've said that a number of times, and I think you have as well. That I think Europe's the, the, the testing ground for us. I think when we start dominating teams in Europe, is when by proxy we'll completely dominate Scottish football, and we're we're kind of halfway there. Um, and you're right about the teams attacking as well. Like I know we lost, but the games against um, Betis away and Leverkusen away, I thought we were excellent, and that was still. You know, we've improved dramatically since then. And I thought we did very good performances in those games. Um, albeit we lost, but it was fine margins. And um, as I say, we're better by then. So I'm very, very excited. And I think it'll be a real marker on our... I know Ange doesn't like talking about progress, but I think it will really show the difference. If you look at the Mitchelland game and then look at this game on Thursday, and if we play well, you can there's a real tangible, um, quantifiable difference between the two, or hopefully anyway. And then um, you can then really test how far we have progressed. I think what you've got as well, Kev, is a lot of people go back to their conference league, which is technically last season, because they're now going into their new season at the minute. A lot of the players that were the sort of main talisman for them, they've all started to move on. They've mm-hmm. had to rebuild their, their defence, they've had to rebuild their forward line. The, the guys that were scoring the goals for them, they're not there this year. This is a, This is going to be a totally different... Bodo team that we face as to the one that Jose Mourinho's Roma faced so it's going to be interesting to see how they line up and how they come out to, to have a go at it so far they've played three pre-season games that's uh, not, it's not going to be much of a, 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 sorry it's going to be a, quite a bit of a jump to go from playing pre-season to playing in a competitive fixture like that I'm not ruling them out to say that they can't do that but it's difficult for us when it comes to that point of the season and that's only when we're in a qualifying stage it is Colin, but what I would say they've been Norwegian champions for the last two seasons, yep. so they've, so they've, 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 they're in an evolution, and losing players, they seem to be able to replace them very, very simply because it seems to have a, a system there where they just replace like for like. So, if, <coughs> so if these guys are up to speed, then we, we need to we need to play well in this first leg. We're going Absolutely. to play, we're, we're going to need to play well over the hundred and. Uh, over the 180 minutes to actually get through this tie and we we need to actually get a decent result tomorrow night because I didn't fancy going to the Arctic Circle on a plastic pitch I don't think what anybody likes that just that just gives me the fear Brian Yeah especially with the injuries and stuff the last time we went to another injury crisis and plastic pitches always give me the fear as well but I think, I think we have to approach any European game with caution um, but optimistic you know, cautiously optimistic because I think that we've got enough talent that we should be able to go past them. And I think we should be giving most teams a good game, even at this early stage in, in Angie's um, sort of reign. So I think plenty to look forward to, but cautious. Um, I think we'll win, though. I think we'll, we'll win by a couple and take a good lead over in Norway. I think there's one thing, Colin, that we need to do, and you've said it a few times on this programme, is we need to get the monkey off the back. We haven't won a knockout tie in Europe since 2006. Four. 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 2004. 2004. It's 2006 at Livingston. That's how... Uh, 
Monty's going to need to get off our backs this year. That's the two things we need to get by, off our backs. And hopefully the Europa Conference League gives us that chance to actually do it. Uh, lads, that's the hour away. That's an hour and one minute away. And but, we never even we never even discussed the tagline. Uh, but Kev, you, you never even went back to the reason of why you asked us about our toothbrushes at the start of the programme. Oh, right, toothbrushes, right, right. Colin, you, you, you tell the viewers and the listeners why we mentioned toothbrushes at the start of the programme. So Kevin is actually leaving a Celtic state of mind. He's going to become a dentist in the next couple of weeks. We're delighted that he's fully qualified. <laughs> it's taken him about 20 years, but congratulations to Kev. Is, uh, it, no, safe, is it safe? <laughs> me, me and Jim Craig, best buds, man. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, the, the, the toothbrush... So when we look at the, the toothbrush, why is it important about this game? Well, it seems that back in 1974, when Bodo Glimt were um, trying to get the fans on, on their side, they had a fan in the crowd who wanted to orchestrate um, the singing section and all he had in his pocket was a toothbrush. So he decided to orchestrate the, the fans with a toothbrush that grew arms and legs, and now you'll see that they carry giant yellow toothbrushes to the game. So not only will they be a danger in our box and they'll cause us a lot of trouble, they'll probably have the best set of teeth for fans that we've ever seen come to Celtic Park. Surely it grew bristles rather than arms and legs. Oh, Kev, no wonder you're like a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I think that's us, eh? I think we need to call it a day after that bar, bad, bad joke. Thanks for watching the best entertainment. Oh, who put that up? That was the day to put that up. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the buttons? Who's got the control buttons? Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you for all your comments. I love a Wednesday. It's brilliant. This is better in entertainment than the NFL halftime Super Bowl entertainment, man. I love doing this. That was very good. It was very good. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. I'm not going to say who's 50 Cent. I'm not going to say who's Dr. Dre. And I'm not going to say who's Eminem. The viewers and the listeners can make up their own mind about that. But thanks very much, guys. And I'll see you all later. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.